the story of the presentation of Jesus in the temple is of a ritual undertaken by devout parents, Jewish parents, obviously, to confer a religious and at the same time a political political identity upon their son, marking the child as one of God's own and of Israel. At the time, most people apparently knew the purpose of the ritual, and most people assumed that undergoing it was what you did, and it was meaningful and desirable. All these centuries later, it functions like a baptismal service undergone by Christian children. But in our secular time, a more or less widespread understanding of that ritual is not in place. A number of people are blurry about the ceremony and its function. Some think, quote, christening, A baby is a nice idea, but there can be surprise that christening is the way you make a Christian. More than a few times I have been asked, for instance, to christen an infant, not because anyone decided that a child should be given a Christian identity, and certainly not because the parents intend, God forbid, to go to church. One parent wanted me to christen a baby because a grandparent was in town and expected such a thing, whatever it was. And another parent wanted me to christen a baby because the yacht club was finally reserved for a reception and friends are here from out of town So actually, we have to do it now, whatever it is. I don't blame people for wanting to put the new child in a spotlight and celebrate the miracle of birth, the gift of a baby. I think, in fact, that is understandable. It's just that the world of religious symbols, metaphors, predicates, and imagery can be quite distant from where people actually live these days. And that distance can come rushing to the surface when a child is to be christened. The presentation of Jesus in the temple seems an arcane ritual to us but so might baptism appear within our secular culture. I'd like to devote the rest of my statement to exploring a possible way to identify oneself meaningfully in our time as a person of the deity and of the messianic community. In a secular time and place, assuming a religious identity requires a somewhat against-the-current decision concerning whether and how and why we intend ourselves and our children 
as people of the divine instead of some other thing or no particular thing. Any of those positions has some integrity to it, but if we do choose to be Christianly identified, what are some of the cues for us out there that we can build into our and our children's Christian self-understanding? Let me mention that a couple of times I have heard or seen social cues that I believe have unusual power to help me understand myself as a Christian. One such came in the later 1990s. Former Senator George McGovern, a judge, had been sent to Ireland to mediate the long-lived and tragic civil strife there, and he had some notable success. When his work was concluded, he ventured that the volatile situation in Ireland had been attenuated temporarily by the weakened and relatively passive state of the Catholic and Anglican churches. The retired bishop of Pennsylvania at the time asked me if it seemed that religious zeal might be incompatible with peace and respect for others. I thought that was certainly Mitchell's meaning. In other words, trying to conjure up passionate religious belief is no way to define ourselves as people of God nor should we regard ourselves as spiritual failures of some sort if we do not have a rabid kind of belief. Indeed, George Mitchell thought such a thing to be no help to us or to the world, and I believe he's right. On the positive side, Here's another cue for forming Christian identity. Several years ago, I attended a meeting in San Francisco of the California Trial Lawyers Association. The speaker was Mr. James Brosnahan, a very successful attorney. I do not know his religious identity, if any. But he had recently been involved in an Arizona matter in which impoverished and apparently desperate Central American people had been apprehended in an Arizona desert after having illegally crossed the Mexico-U.S. border. He described the ins and outs of the case And then in conclusion, he said something like this. The Quakers along the border have, by the way, done remarkable humanitarian work with those immigrants. 
if you find yourselves stranded somewhere without resources or friends, try to find some Quakers. They will help you. I liked that. And I liked the fact that an experienced criminal lawyer would say what he did about the Quakers. I thought of the historical Quaker positions on slavery and war and violence in general. I decided that what's wanted of the people of God must be an ethic similar to that of the Quakers. So for me, who they are and what they stand for provides a form in accordance with which I might try to shape my identity as a would-be person of the divine. A third cue that I have taken for forming my Christian identity (coughs) comes from the writer Kurt Vonnegut, who once told the chaplain at an eastern U.S. college that as an agnostic, he had nothing against Jesus, just against the idea of Christianity as, quote, a way to win. The inverse of this is, of course, a counsel to humility. History seems strewn with the harm done by the devout expressing superiority over others based upon religious triumphalism. Some poor folks I know aptly characterize all such triumphalists as like the person of privilege born on third base who assumes he has hit a triple. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing drove Jesus wilder than self-righteousness or superiority, religion as a way to win, which accounts for his peak against the Pharisees. So a cue for Christian identity that we might appropriate is personal humility. We don't need to win. We don't even need to be noticeably different from non-Christians. There are plenty of good people out there of all religious persuasions and none. And the world needs all of them. I could go on, but to conclude, we might want to be people of the deity for the meaning we can derive from this in a culture offering us perhaps more stones than bread, because it may be broken, may have lost its way. In such a context, 
where there are a few trustworthy maps, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, trying to be the kind of person he seemed to be, putting on his ethic like a robe, may root us and our children in something good beyond the ephemeral, beyond even ourselves. In church this day, we remember the ancient Jewish rite of passage by which the child Jesus received the identity of a person of the deity. It's a good identity to have And in our tricky time and place, we too and our children could try on and keep to a Jesus ethic, taken with a dose of humility. It could impart some substance and a grounding to life.